And so today I want to talk about behold, we believe. Behold, we believe. It's so foundational, so important for who we are. I mean, think about this. If we've given our lives to Christ, then we're called believers. You know, we believe. And as believers, from time to time, even in our faith, even in our beliefs, there are times in our lives where our faith can be shaken. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're, we're, we're getting into, get going into a Christian life, and, and sometimes my faith and, and your faith can be weak. There might be a crisis or some, some circumstance. There might be a, 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 a plan that has been changed in your life, and your life plans got messed up. Maybe you had dreams, and your dreams is not going to come to fruition. And your faith, sometimes we, 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 it gets shattered, or sometimes it's shaken to the core. You know, we have plans, and sometimes our plans get messed up. Maybe the baby came before we had it much saved as we wanted. Or maybe the job ended before we wanted it to. Your retirement account didn't do as well as you would have liked. Maybe an illness came, and it totally changed your plans for life. And so as we continue in our series today, here's the key thought. As we keep on believing in the highs and the lows, even when life plans unexpectedly change, we keep on believing. We believe. We keep on believing. Behold, we believe, even when life throws a curveball at us. Behold, we believe, even when our plans change. What do you do when your plans get messed up? And we see this so beautifully played out in the Christmas story. We see the two truths, two principles that I hope that you'll understand today. If you're taking note, the first thought is this, that God's interruptions are oftentimes inconvenient. If you don't mind, I'm going to change my hearing aid battery so that when you're talking to me, I can at least hear you. God's interruptions are often inconvenient. My battery could have died at a more inconvenient time. There we go. I can hear you now. We see this out, played out in the story of Mary, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you, Blessed are you among women. The Bible said in verse 29 that Mary was confused and disturbed. She was trying to think what the angels could mean by all of this. Mary is trying to figure out what is happening. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Now here's the backdrop of Mary's current life situation. We're not exactly sure how old she is. Some would believe that she's 14, maybe 15, perhaps 15 years of age. And the reason we know this is because in her culture, once a girl has reached that, that, you know, that 
teenage, you're not at 12 or 13, uh, typically after that, she will be promised or, or will be trusted to be married to another man. And so if you can get inside this young girl's mind, you know, if you can get into Mary's head, she's probably all excited about the, the coming wedding. She's thinking about the, the, the perfect house with the picket fence and two kids and a dog. You know, she's thinking about, you know, the wedding plans. She's probably searching on Pinterest, looking for wedding ideas, you know, trying to find out the most creative ideas for a wedding. She's thinking about, you know, the future kids' names. She's thinking of different names for her future kids. Might be practicing signing her new last name. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up and interrupts her plan. She interrupts her plan. What, what can we learn from this? A very important principle for us to understand is that what we see as an interruption, what we call as an interruption, God sees it as an invitation. If you're taking note, what we call an interruption, God sees it as an invitation, a, a divine appointment, so to speak. So times that we feel like that God is interrupting me, God is inviting us to something higher or something better. We see this all through Scripture. We see this in the life of Moses. God interrupted Moses on a regular day with a burning bush and invited Moses to become the deliverer of, of his people. With Jonah, God interrupted Jonah's workout, swimming to shore with a big giant fish. And God used that giant fish as an invitation for him to go back to Nineveh and to preach revival and repentance to the people of Nineveh, to the Ninevites. In the New Testament, when Saul was chasing and killing Christians, God interrupted his plan with a light from heaven and invited Saul to become the author to most of our New Testament and to become one of the great apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Over and over and over again, God interrupted plans with an invitation, with a divine appointment for something better. Perhaps there are some of us here today where you saw an interruption in your life and you did not see the invitation from God. You missed what God was trying to show you. And, and so I hope that you'll be sensitive enough to see those, those uh, invitations, that God might be taking you somewhere new or somewhere different to do something special that you could never have imagined on your own. Some of you, for example, you know, you want church people. You know, you want religious. And, and, and someone interrupted your plans and invited you to church. They kept begging you to come. And you kept putting it off. So I don't have time. I'm busy. I've got a, I've got a life, you know. And finally, finally you gave in. Because you just figure, listen, if I just show up, maybe they'll stop bugging me. Right? And so you show up, and you came to church, and that interruption became an invitation. God started speaking to your heart. Your eyes started to get a little misty. You had some salty discharge. You know, maybe God was speaking to you through the music. Maybe God was speaking to you from a, a, a word from the scripture or a word from the, from the, from the preacher. And somewhere along the line, God touched your heart. And you said, huh. And so you keep coming back. You keep coming back. 
You keep coming back. Something kept drawing you closer and closer and closer to God. And finally you had that moment where you say, God, I believe. I surrender. I give my life to you. I want to receive your forgiveness. And then you keep coming and God changed your life from the inside out. There was a supernatural presence inside of you that changed your life. And then when you, you know, what you thought was an interruption was an invitation to something that was way, 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 way better. You know, you, you saw an interruption and God used that to define appointment. Your life was changed. And it continues to happen. It continues to happen. And next time you go to church, you know, a few weeks later, someone comes up to the platform and says, hey, we need volunteers. And, you know, I don't have time for volunteering. Yeah, you know, I'm too busy. And you know, it's just enough to get here on Sunday morning and I'm here. I mean, I'm glad. You know, but then jumping in your heart, God said, hey, sign up. And so next thing you know, you find yourself signing up. Two weeks later, you're serving in the four-year-old room. You don't even like four-year-olds. <laughs> but you're there. You're serving God. And after a couple of months, you're just like, wow. My most, you know, you look back and, and you look forward to serving every Sunday with the four-year-olds. You say, man, my life is impacted. Being around those kids. Getting to serve those kids every week. Your life has been changed. God interrupted you, and somewhere along the way, invited you to do something better. I'm curious about what your interruption invitation story, and I'm, I'm sure that most of us, we got one. An interruption invitation story. And, and here it is, the angel of the Lord. He appeared to this little girl who has her entire life planned out. She has her dream made up. And the angel said, I've got something different for you. Which leads me to our second thought this morning. God's purpose is often different than your plans. God's purpose is oftentimes different than your plans. We see this in verse number 30 where the angel reveals God's purpose to this young girl. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. You can just only imagine, as we read this story, you can just only imagine a teenage girl. Remember, how old is she? 14, 15. You know, you can just imagine her emotions just going back and forth on him. It's all over the map, I'm sure. I mean, she probably, you know, had moments that she's just blown away. She feels blown away. She's overwhelmed with humility. She's wow. I've been chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world. I've been chosen to be the, the, the mother of the Messiah. And then, boom, her emotions swing all the way over here Say, oh, no. What are, what are people going to be thinking about this? Because in that culture, you know, if you were pregnant out of wedlock, you, were, you could be punished by stoning. And she's like, man, I, I got to tell, tell Joseph, you know, my, you know, my fiancé, 
Now I gotta find him and tell him what's going on. So he goes, he goes and finds Joseph and he says, hey, little Joey, are you sitting down? And Joey said, I guess I am. What's going on? I said, I've got something to tell you. And he said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant. And I'm sure Joseph, you're, uh, you're pregnant? Uh, where is this coming from? I said, what? no, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit did this. <laughs> Joseph's like, what? I said, oh, yeah, I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit did this. And I, Joseph did not believe her. If you read the story, Joseph was like, okay, you know, she's gone off the deep end. You know, <laughs> he was figuring, and, and instead of stoning her, he was just going to put her away quietly. I just move on, heartbroken. And until Gabriel shows up in his life and, and, and says, hey, listen, what Mary said is true. And so you can just imagine the plan, you know, and, and that everything that's going on has been, has been turned upside down. God's purpose was way different than her plans. I love these uh, verses here. Jeremiah chapter 29, and verse 11. This was the prophet Jeremiah writing to, the, uh, to the, those that were taken captive by Babylon. And said, hey, there's hope. And I, I believe there's a message here for us. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plan to give you hope in the future. I love Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. It's not on your screen or handout, but you know this. It said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, when God interrupts you with an invitation to something else, you're going to discover that his purpose are way different than your plans. Maybe you dream of the perfect, healthy family, and then you find out you're getting a child who's going to be born with special needs. And it rocks your world. You wonder, well, why us? Did we do something wrong? But you see, you have no idea the blessing that this child is going to be. And it's going to bring you closer to God. And, and you experience more love in your heart because his purpose is much different than our plans. You might lose a job one day. And you'll be like, this is the worst thing ever. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. God, you can't possibly be in this. And then suddenly you have no other options. But you start the business that you've always thought about, always been tucking in the back of your mind. You have no other options. You know what? I'm just going to do it. And then years later, you look back and say, wow, what I thought was a curse became a blessing. God had a plan on us all along. I just didn't see it at the time. I don't know how many times I've talked to people like this. 
You know, they thought they were going to marry this person, and then somehow the relationship didn't turn out. And they said, man, I'll never find another person like so-and-so. But God, in that moment, his purpose is better than our plans. You have no idea that God was preparing another person that was so much better than you could ever imagine. Sometimes you just have to trust God that he has something better. You know, I saw this on, on Facebook yesterday. But I, uh, trust me, I don't get all my theology from Facebook. Not good. <laughs> but I thought it was just a timely little quote. That's the man, this is perfect. The quote says, maybe God ruined your plan so that your plan wouldn't ruin you. Sometimes the plans that we got are going down the wrong track. And God interrupted your plan so he could get you back on the right track. God has plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope, a future. And he will every now and then move in. And what you might call an interruption, it's actually an invitation. And from his perspective, it's an invitation to something different, to something better. Notice how Mary responded in verse 34. She asked, she asked the biology question, which is a good, good time to ask the question, right? She, she asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to give birth, and I'm a virgin. How can this happen? In other words, it's totally impossible. It's physically impossible for this to happen. And I promise that there will be times when you are following God, that God is going to interrupt you with an invitation to something different, and his purpose is going to be different than your plan, and he's going to ask you to have the faith to believe, to trust, even when it seems impossible, even when it doesn't make sense. You're going to look at it. You're going to look at a situation. You're going to say, God, God, I don't see how this is possible. God, you're asking me to, to forgive someone after what they've done to me. It's impossible that I will be able to forgive. God, I don't know how you're asking me to trust you and to be generous when I don't have very much right now. And the trust that you're going to give back to me, God, I don't understand how that's possible. God, I don't believe that you could ever heal my marriage. After all that's happened, I believe that our marriage is, is beyond reach, and it seems impossible. God, how in the world could you ever reconcile this relationship with my child? I mean, they said some things, I've done some things, it's broken. And it feels like it's gone forever. Impossible. God, there's no way you could heal this person that I love. I mean, the doctor said that there's nothing else to do. It feels like it's totally and completely impossible. And that's what we see with Mary when she said that it is impossible. There's no way. I don't see how you're going to do this. 
How can I give birth? How is this possible? And the angel responded in verse number 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, this isn't a job for man. This is a God-sized job. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born, baby that's going to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And then he said in verse 37, Mary, remember this, for nothing is impossible with God. You need to know that nothing, nothing is impossible with our great God. What may be impossible with man is absolutely and completely possible with God. We serve an all-present, all-knowing, ever-powerful God. And with a word, with one spoken word, God can intervene. And he can change things just like that. For some of you here this morning, your plans are messed up. Your plans are broken. And I hope that you're seeing the interruption as an invitation from God for a higher purpose, his purpose. So here's the takeaway as we wrap up here. And the question I want to simply ask is this. As you're sitting here this morning, what is God asking you to do or believe? What is it right now in your life that God is asking you to do or asking you to believe? Uh, for some of you, the answer is immediate. You know, God's been tugging on your heart for something lately. You know what God's been bugging. You've been kind of like, you know, you know, just ignoring it. You know, you hear it, but you're not listening, you know. And, and you know what God is doing. He's tugging on your heart. You know what God is asking you to do. You know what God is asking you to believe. For other of you, it may simply be some time. You might need to leave, you know, when you leave here today, you know, and pray about this. You may have to ask God, God, what, are you, what do you have next for me? What is it that you have in this season of my life? For some of you, it might be to start a ministry that God has placed on your heart. For some of you, it's to, it's to try to restore a relationship that's gone bad. You know, for some of you, he might be asking you to go back to, to college, or maybe in the middle of college, he might ask you to change your degree. You know, maybe for some of you, it's to, it's to reach out to someone who's far from God. And say, well, God, I've tried. And, and they keep saying no. They keep resisting. But God may say, don't give up. Keep going. Keep at it. It may seem impossible, but with, all, with God, all things are possible. Don't give up. What is, what is it that God is asking you to do or believe? And then, when you get ready to respond, never forget this. If God is asking you to take a step of faith, remember that the outcome is always God's responsibility. All we're called to do is to obey. We're to obey. 
outcome is always and, and only God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. Now, what's going to happen? Right? We say, what's going to happen? How are we going to? Now, where's it going to come? Outcome. That belongs to God. That belongs to him. That's in his corner. All you're called to do is to take the step of faith, believe, and obey. There's going to come a time when God's going to call you to trust him. He might, he might be calling you to start a small group. And you'll be like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. And we're thinking about outcomes. When God said, no, I want you to obey. I want you to trust me. Let me worry about the outcome. You obey. Maybe some of you say, well, you know, God, I know God is calling me to tithe. Uh, I just don't know how we're going to. Well, I know that maybe God has put it in my heart to give an individual special gift to the church, and I, I just don't know how I'm going to make it happen. But if that's what God is calling you to do, don't worry about the outcome. You obey. Obedience belongs to you. We're called to surrender ourselves to God. Just like Mary did 2,000 years ago when God interrupted her plans with an invitation to something different, to something better. Notice how Mary responded after he hears the how question, how it's been answered. Look at verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. In other words, before she says anything else, she reminds herself who she is and who she belongs to. I belong to the King of Kings. I am a child of the Holy One. And he is my Lord. And I am called to serve him. Even though I don't understand it, I don't get it, even though my plans have been interrupted, I'm going to trust that his invitation to his purpose is much better than my own plans. And then Mary says one of the greatest faith-filled statements in all of the Bible Verse 38, she said, may everything you've said about me, may it come true. Then the angel left. Behold, behold, we believe. Behold, God, we believe that you're in control and that you will handle the outcome. Whatever that might be, I trust you. In 1861, with a famous poet named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He was in the height of his prime in 1861. His world-renowned has wrote some of the best poetry in our American history. In 1861, a lot was happening in our country that when the Civil War you know, broke out between the North and the South. But not only that, in his personal life, his wife, I believe they were married for like 17 years at that point, 
Then I was up there with him in the next room over. Longfellow was taking a nap in his little study. His wife was doing some things in the, high, uh, in the bedroom next, in the next room over, and she's wearing one of those big dresses, you know, that they wear in the 18th century. And while she was wandering around the room, her dress caught wind or caught, caught the candle, one of the candles that was burning her. And her dress you know, got on fire, and, uh, and she couldn't get it out. Longfellow was sleeping. He took kind of heard the commotion and waste up, but by the time he got to her, it was too late. She had suffered burn all over her body. And Longfellow was, you know, he was badly burned from the experience, experience trying to save his wife. His wife died the next day. Nothing they could do. And Longfellow's heart was just broken. I mean, she was, she was her life. His wife was just her joy, his joy. I mean, this was devastating. And, and, and so they had the funeral, and, and, and Longfellow couldn't even attend his own wife's funeral because she was so badly burned. And in Longfellow's life from 1861 to 1863, the poetry stopped. The music in his heart stopped singing. He regressed to a, a state of depression. In 1863, he had another tragedy in his family where his oldest son had slipped away in the middle of the night to join the Union Army in the Civil War. Shortly after he joined, he was shot, almost paralyzed for life. The news came to him about his son, and again, the brokenness, heartaches. He went to Washington, D.C. to find his son and was able to find him and take him back home to Massachusetts where they live. As he slowly recovered and was getting, be getting better, and again, Longfellow is just broken. Why is this happening to me? A plan has been messed up. He was, he was struggling to believe. On Christmas Day in 1863, Longfellow woke up on that Christmas morning, and, and he heard the bells ringing all across the city, all around. He looked out the window, he saw people singing peace on earth, goodwill to men. And at the same time, he thought of all the injustices and uh, the violence in the world, the civil war that was happening. Thought about the pain in his own life, having lost his wife, and now his son almost didn't make it. And, and, and as you're going through all this, I'm so thankful for poetic people like Longfellow that was able to uh, put all the conflicting thoughts and feelings. Longfellow put them into a poem. He wrote a first poem since the death of his wife which was later made into a song, a Christmas carol, 
The song is called, or the poem is called, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I want you to read just a couple of the verses from this poem. It said, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, the old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocked the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God's not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevails with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Behold, we believe. We believe. Don't look at change plans as a curse, but see it as an invitation, knowing that God is in control of it all. I don't know what's going on in your life, I don't know what plans been messed up, changed. I pray that you believe. Even when our faith is shaken, we keep on believing. Just a minute. The worship team can come back, and they're going to lead us in that song. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Our God, we thank you that you're a God in control of it all. Even when life doesn't make sense. Help us to keep believing. That you'll use every interruption as an opportunity, as an invitation for us to see something different. An invitation to your purpose, to your plans, that is much better much different than our plans. Oh God, we thank you for the story of Mary and how she recognized that she was the Lord's servant. I pray that all of us here today, no matter what circumstances of life, no matter how impossible it seems, I pray, God, that we will cry out to you. I say, I'm your servant. I belong to you. I pray that we believe, trust, and obey. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh